Content warning. No Gods, No Monsters contains profanity, substance use, and a strong hatred for the police. So last week, we recorded, um, oh my god, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, and I was like pumped afterwards, I'd drink at a rock star, so I was just like, I can't sleep, I'm just gonna watch Frankenstein. And I, I'm like, a kaiju rock star! And I, I was, for some reason in my head, I was like, okay, we just got done doing this really political episode about a movie, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, their first I didn't think was political, but like, we just dove into it. I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch this stupid Frankenstein movie that's just not going to have any politics and is just going to be like a funny, goofy ride. And then the first fucking nine to 12 minutes, I, it, what, it just fucking <laughs> so hard. And like, you mean the least political part of the movie? <laughs> I just... I don't know if you know this, but none of the Godzilla movies are political. <laughs> I do know this from fighting on Twitter today, but um, <laughs> let's leave that out of it. Uh, <laughs> I just so I, we're gonna dive into it later. I just don't know how to start this episode other than saying what the fuck, holy shit, what the fuck. <laughs> um, so you had a different experience where so neither of us had seen this movie, but I was like. Holy shit, the first nine minutes of this movie. Holy shit, you have to watch this. And then you didn't watch it till today. So I don't know what you were thinking beforehand, but did you have any idea what it was going to be? I didn't, but I thought it was going to be more batshit insane. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah. I, but, I told uh, you I I exact, or like I, I said it so much you were going to be disappointed. And I... I think I threatened you that like that better not be the case. So, and I think I said, if I am, uh, if you did mislead me, then I'm gonna ruin the episode by making it bad by not knowing anything about the movie. <laughs> That's why. That's why you did that. <laughs> but I mean, just you have a mix of Hitler and the bombing of Hiroshima, like the two biggest atrocities <laughs> in the history of the world. Also, with with mixed in with like a a little silent comedy element, um, (laughs) that was so, and and a gothic cemetery, and we got it all, baby. Brief mentions of super soldiers and a joke about Hitler being in the box. I didn't think that was a joke. I thought they were serious. I thought, because they had no idea what it was. I thought one of them was like, do you think it's like Hitler or something? Well, and the guy's like, um, hardly. And then I thought the other yeah. guy, like, Chuck, I don't know. It was oh, maybe. just like the most what the fuck. So anyway, I just, let's just go into the episode because we're going to dive mm-hmm. into that. But there's not time here, man. We got to... <laughs> Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters, where the anti-capitalist kaiju and giant monster podcast in a world where no one is coming to save us. I'm Rabbit, I'm here with Charlie, and today we are talking about 1965's Frankenstein vs. Baragon, 
also known as Frankenstein versus Subterranean Monster Baragon, known in the U.S. as Frankenstein Conquers the World. Not a very accurate title, in my humble opinion. Yeah, what a dumb title. Um, Charlie, you got a synopsis for Frankenstein us? Frankenstein Conquers My Ass. Um, first of all, Rabbit forgot we discussed having a new little catchphrase of the podcast. It's... A world in which nobody's coming to save us except for Mothra and slash or Joe Biden. You left that out. I don't know if you forgot that we discussed that, but there we go. You forgot my girl Kamala. Kamala ain't saving shit. Wow. Wow. She's only going to put shit in prison. She's the top cop, Charlie. You don't think oh, the I top know, baby. cop can save us? Cops don't save people. Uh, I'm sorry, who do you call when you're in trouble? Is it 199? Is it 411? No, it's my mommy. Charlie's mom's a cop. My conspiracies are fucking confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, shitheads. Why? That's all their names. Why, dude? Because <laughs> I... I'm afraid of people getting too close to me, so I like to drive them away. I mean, let's let's just dive into that. <laughs> Charlie said he wasn't prepared uh, anyway, so let's just let's just do it, man. Yeah, let's just do a a so, really soul searching episode. Is that is that? I mean, I'm sorry if I'm talking that term, but do you think that's because you were raised by a mom cop? My mom. She's talking to me about her podcast earlier this week, and she's like, I like it, but yeah, I don't agree about that stuff about the cops. Like, I don't think that they're all bad. <laughs> she's like, yes, I think there's lots of bad ones, and there's problems with it. And I'm like, but mom, the very system itself is bad. Therefore, they're, even if they have good intentions, if they are working in the context of supporting that system, they are inherently bad, and they only become good if they quit or leave. She's like, I just don't think it's all black and white like that. Okay, a challenge for your mom. Uh, Andy, challenge for you. <laughs> if you could uh, do me a favor and go through all the footage on the internet of cops doing horrible <laughs> things, like beating the shit out of people, like, just like, punching peaceful protesters, tasing people, and show me the ones where the good cops intervene. If you could do that, that would be really, really helpful because there's all these mythical good cops, but somehow I keep missing the footage. <laughs> what, you didn't see that footage of them uh, um, playing basketball with inner-city teens? Fuck. Touche. Or dancing. There was that one that danced uh, in... A blot. He was known for dancing. Yeah, um, it's true. And then there was footage of him with like a machine gun, like yelling and screaming at somebody that came I, out. I do remember like the bat. There was like a basketball one where, like, the next day it was. Oh no, no! It was the one where uh, the dudes were kneeling, and the next day one of them was the guy who shoved that guy and gave him brain damage when he was just walking. Um, I remember that. Well, hey, you know what? Let's give your mom some credit. And let's see, maybe this movie will have some good cops for once. Maybe they won't all be dumb. I mean, she, she's not like, she's not like, a, you know, back to blue or whatever. She's, she's 
generally, oh, I, know. I, just, I, I enjoy just, talking about like, politics with your mom. It's yeah. always been great. I've been doing it for like literally half my life. <laughs> she's 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 a solid person to talk. I know she's not back the blue. Mm-hmm. You're a good fan. It's uh, a wrong podcast for you, maybe, but you're a good fan, Andy. <laughs> no, she likes everything else, and she agrees with lots of our criticism of the cops. She just, just isn't like every cop. She's like, there's good intention people. It's not all black and white, but whatever. She's still a whatever. cop, so it doesn't help. <laughs> That's true, but she only does desk work. There, okay, this is going so long. If we keep going, there's no way any of it will make. Let's, uh... 1945, Germany. Generally speaking, a bad place to be. But a good place to be if you're a mad scientist... It's here we find a scientist experimenting in a lab located by a cool-ass gothic cemetery in the snow. Turns out he is working with Frankenstein's heart, an eternal heart that can be put in a body and make that body grow and give it living limbs or something like that. It's pretty cool, and it kind of reminds me of my heart, so that makes it even cooler. Well, the Nazis are getting their shit fucked right now, so they pass this experiment, this Frankenstein experiment, over to the Japanese. Japanese are hoping that they can use it to make invulnerable soldiers, but then Hiroshima gets hit with Godzilla creating bombs, and yeah, that's bad. Uh, So shit goes with the experiment. But 15 years later... Dr. Bowen, Dr. Kawaji, and Dr. Sueko are all working at a Hiroshima hospital. They end up discovering a feral lad who is living in a cave and eating neighborhood pets. They take the boy to the hospital where they then discover that he is growing like a goddamn weed. A goddamn weed that eats pets and throws TVs out windows and wrestles with dinosaurs. Wrestles with dinosaurs? Yeah, hold up, I'll get to that. When our growing boy is confronted by an annoying as shit press with flashing lights, he freaks out and escapes. He continues to grow, and cities all around Japan are being rocked, so obviously it must be Frankenstein, right? Wrong! It's actually some digging dino dude who is misfortunately named by his parents Baragon. Why would anyone ever name their child Baragon? That's up there with Rabbit when it comes to bad names. Now, remember when I mentioned that Frankenstein was uh, uh, wrestled dinosaurs? Yeah, well, this is what I'm talking about. Frank and the Dig Dug Dinosaur do epic battle, with Frank rocking Baragon with rocks, trees, dino suplexes, and fire, which Frankenstein should be scared of, but he isn't. Also, Baragon shoots lasers or radiation or something like that out of his mouth. Um, well, Frankenstein wins, and... Uh, but then he also kind of loses um, the end with Nick Adams as Dr. James Bowen, Tadayo Takashima as Dr. Kenichiro Kawaji, Kumi Mizuno as Dr. Sueko Togami, Yoshio Suchiya as Mr. Kawai, Koji Furuhata as Frankenstein, and Haruo Nakajima the lad we all love as Baragon. So, let me be Frank Reynolds. It's Frankenstein Conquers the World, baby! Okay, so before we get into the movie itself, um, what is your, before this movie, what's your like history with Frankenstein movies and, and books, if any? 
I'm sure you've seen, I know you've seen some, you've talked about like the universal ones before. Yeah. I, uh, I talked about the James Whale directed, um, uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein yeah. classics from the, um, early thirties. Uh, and you love those movies, right? Yeah. Those are fantastic. Those are great. You should go watch them, uh, listener. Yes, you. I'm speaking directly to you. But besides that, um, yeah, I mean, there's been tons, so many Frankenstein movies. Uh, you know, Hammer Studios, they did a ton of Frankensteins. Is that uh, like the Curse of Frankenstein series? The one that starts with that? Yeah, okay. uh, that's the one with like, um, Hammer was a British studio that yeah. did a bunch of like kind of gothic horror that created two of your favorite Star Wars Um it started the careers of like Christopher Lee and uh, uh I forget his name, Pete. but Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of what his name is. Peter. Peter shit Phil shit. Whatever. Oh, yeah, uh, so I've seen those, and obviously Frankenstein is just you know he's all throughout media. You watch cartoons, you'll see him represented. You watch, and um. You know, as, yeah, I was uh, thinking like I've probably seen way more parodies of Frankenstein than I've actually experienced real Frankenstein stuff. Yeah, probably. That's probably the case with most people. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I did read the book. I don't remember whether or not I read it as a kid when I read Dracula, um, but I definitely read it in a, a college uh, English class. Um, uh, that was a very feminist teacher, so I think there we kind of read it from a feminist angle. Um, Hell yeah! But yeah, I don't really remember much about the actual book. I've been meaning to reread it, um, and I didn't know that that was our homework for the week, so I did not read it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. What about you? Um, as far as I know, you've never read or listened to it. Um, so I was super into horror movies when I was in like grade school and I watched the original one and I have a distinct memory. I I think I'd been watching a bunch of like, like, uh, I know what you did last summer and like, uh, final (laughs) destinations. And I remember Maybe, no, it was probably before that, but I remember it having a big impact on me that how, like, kind of, uh, actually, like, emotionally intense it was. Like, I I mm-hmm. have had the memory, and maybe it's wrong because I haven't seen it since then, but of him, like, talking to the little girl and then throwing her in the pond, um, like, burned in my head since I was a little kid. Like, I just remember being like, oh, my God, like, and thinking really hard about what that meant. And so that's always kind of stuck with me. Um, and then I think I've seen some other ones, um, but, uh, I just want to throw in, I forgot to mention this. I, we, I t- brought up the James Whale movies as, uh, before in, uh, one of our first episodes. Um, and I forgot to mention at the time, the director, James Whale, uh, openly gay in 1920s, 1930s Hollywood. Uh, so just badass. That should be, uh, um, yeah. that should be acknowledged that that's, that's pretty awesome and yeah that's wild hell yeah yeah um and then uh i i think one of the reasons that my teacher recommended that i leave ap english in senior year high school was because i didn't read frankenstein when i was supposed to and pretended i did 
Um, <laughs> so I have, a, I th- in my mind, that's part of it. So the first time I ever read it uh, was listening to it. I just spent one day at work listening to it on my drive to work and at work and on my way back uh, a few days ago. And holy shit, that book is fucking good. Oh my God. It was so good. I loved it. I like, yeah, I got stoked. I downloaded a few uh, Frankenstein movies to watch, including the 1994 one, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, because I read that that was the most uh, faithful to the the book. Do you know who directed that? No. No, I'm asking. Like, I'm curious. Oh, no, I don't know. I forget. Um, But, yeah, anyway, I was really stoked on it, and it made me like this movie more when I rewatched it. Um, It was great. Okay, so when I first looked into, when I first started listening to it a few days before that, I just, like, wanted to test the audiobook. And uh, in the beginning, it said, um, like, dedicated to William Godwin, uh, and then a couple of his books. And I was like, William Godwin, why do I know that name? And I remembered I'd read about him in a book that he's like, uh, he wrote inquiry concerning political justice and its influence on morals and happiness, uh, in 1793, which is considered by many to be like the first Western anarchist. Yeah. With a title like that, I'm sure it's a riveting read. (laughs) Um, he doesn't like use the word anarchist, but it's, it's in there. Uh, Kropotkin considers it the first anarchist uh, text. A lot, a lot of people do. And I like tweeted about that. And then Margaret Kildroy was like, I was like, oh, that's crazy that uh, she dedicated it to an anarchist. And then Margaret Kildroy was like, dude, that's her dad. And I was like, oh, shit. I <laughs> uh, and then and like, yeah, so her family's just crazy. I just want to point it out like her dad is, is that person. Her mom was Mary Wollstonecraft, wrote A Vindication of the Rights of Women in a year before uh, the book we mentioned by Godwin, 1792, and that's considered the first Western, like, feminist text. Fucking wild parents to have. That's insane. That's awesome. And uh, obviously she was married to uh, Percy Shelley, who was also, like, yeah. a political rattle... Uh, political radical and a romantic poet, and... Much better parents to have than a fucking cop, mom. and uh also she was just fucking awesome like i think that one common thing about her work is including frankenstein is that like we aren't taught it as a political text at all or at least i wasn't you Mm -hmm. were which is fucking awesome but in general i don't think people think of frankenstein as that political but like yeah uh there's lots of really awesome feminist readings of it and it's definitely has a shit ton of political commentary so i just think that's fucking sick mary shelley's awesome did she i don't know anything about her career so did she like write a lot more or um yeah she wrote a bunch of stuff but i don't know about books i know i can't remember exactly i was reading about it but this is definitely her most well-known work um she wrote that like that was part of like the little competition thing that the group of them had that yeah it was percy shelley her her sister, I think, and uh, Lord Byron, the romantic poet. Yeah. And they were supposed to write, see who could write the best horror movie while they were at this, like, or horror story. Movie, horror <laughs> while they were at this, uh, I forget, like, this, this house they were staying in for a weekend or something. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. anyway, uh, is there anything else you what? want to say about Frankenstein outside of the movie before we go in? 
Well, also, we didn't mention her husband was a famous poet who wrote The Mask of Anarchy. I did um, mention but him, and I did say he was a romantic poet and a political radical, but I did not say... What's the book? The Mask of Anarchy. It's a famous poem. Oh, shit. Um, it's, it's the one with, like, uh, uh, talks about, like, chains in the morning, like, dew falling <laughs> off of you. Um, yeah. We are many, they are few. Uh, nice. Hell it's, yeah. it, you, you'd probably recognize some of the lines. It's a famous leftist. It has some famous leftist lines. Sweet. Hell yeah. Well, okay, now going into the actual movie, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I had higher expectations than you, I think. Um, I feel like I got this confused with War or I, uh, with War of the Gargantuans. Um, I remember one of them, like, people, like, really liked, and I was thinking it might have been this one. Uh, which I think is more kind of moderately liked. In general, I feel like War of the Gargantuas is really liked by people who really like the fights, because I've heard it's not very deep, it's mostly just cool fights, and that this one is the cerebral cousin or whatever. Gotcha. Um, but that makes sense, yeah. People do... I mean, we were just talking about how we were surprised, or at least I was surprised uh, recently at how much people love that movie, or how many people absolutely love that movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I was, I wasn't sure which one of them, I knew one of them I'd heard, like, that people loved, and I think that was War of the Gargantuans, but I wasn't sure, so I went into this kind of thinking that it was supposed to be, like, top tier, and it's not, it's, it's a very fun, it's a good movie, um, uh, I don't know if I gave it kind of, like, the due watch, I watched it twice today, and it was the two times I watched it, but, for sure, I feel like neither time i was kind of like fully able to focus on it concentrated on it yeah I, it's it's good it's fun um i think i liked the look i guess we'll talk about this like i like the look of frankenstein um mm-hmm. and i was expecting not to i was oh, expect cool. i was kind of expecting to look kind of i guess cheesier and and stupid but i think the makeup was done really well uh so i was pretty pretty surprised by that i guess um nice i i also i kind of thought there's gonna be more of baragon and there isn't that much of baragon so for sure i guess i was kind of disappointing a little i didn't realize it was like all focused on frankenstein gotcha yeah i'm I mean, sorry he conquers I'm the world you gotta yeah i mean he conquers the wood cabin um <laughs> <laughs> um what'd you think of this i Liked it more the second time. The first time, like, I'm try- I'm kind of middle on the road on it. Like, I think the first 40 minutes or 50 minutes are way better than the second half. Um, I definitely, like, liked the themes. It was really refreshing to me after Ghidorah the 300 Monster and King Kong uh, versus Godzilla to have, like, actually kind of dark and brutal fights. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt good to have it where the fights actually felt like they made sense for the theme of the movie instead of like them just being kind of silly dance numbers. So I, I liked the tone of it a lot. I think that Honda did a really good job with his, like, you could tell he like cared again and there were like really cool camera angles and like just the directing was, was good. Um, any other themes are good, but it's, it's also just like, it's kind of bad in a lot of ways too. It's, I don't know. It's like 
they're trying to do i can't quite get the tone like they're trying to do very mm-hmm. serious stuff but then it's also mm-hmm. silly and some of the characters are like really inconsistent um and the fights just get kind of boring to me so yeah i don't know yeah I really like things about it. I'm excited to talk about it. I think the themes are awesome, but the execution is like kind of middle of the road. For sure. I don't know why you're excited to talk about it because I'm going to let you down, baby. I'll uh, I'll pull shit out of you, bro. Okay. Hey, that's good. I haven't pooped today. Sick. Um, all right, let's talk about those first fucking like 15 minutes. We got to just start with that because what the fuck? First Frankenstein's origin story... Can I just lay it out again real quick? Yeah, lay it out, baby. You have a gothic-as-hell cemetery as bombs are falling, and Tex is telling us that the Allied forces are attacking Germany in 1945. That's the first thing that happens <laughs> in the Frankenstein movie. And you're like, shit, this movie's serious. This is... <laughs> then we go to Frankenstein's lab in Germany. Then the Nazis come in take Frankenstein's heart from Dr. Frankenstein, Sig Heiling and shit. It goes to a German sub, then to a Japanese sub, and the Japanese soldiers joke that Hitler's in the box, or maybe they're not joking, but they talk about Hitler maybe being Mm. in a box. Then it goes to a hospital in Hiroshima where doctors plan to use the heart to make super soldiers. Then that hospital gets bombed in the actual bombing of Hiroshima, August 6th, 1945, and that's nine minutes into the movie. (laughs) It's so fucking ridiculous. Okay, I'm just gonna sound like a broken record. Okay, let's let's break this apart first. Uh, what do you think of Frankenstein's lab and include and and the graveyard that that combo? I yeah the the graveyard looks so cool. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, and especially with like the snow falling. Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought it looked cool, but it also kind of <laughs> I was like hoping i guess for more of that throughout the movie and it's just this one shot <laughs> i was like oh man this is a tone setter i'm in for a treat baby but uh treats were not had um yeah then we cut to the lab and it shows the outside of the lab first and it's all covered in gorgeous snow and it's like yes we got another snow movie <laughs> woo woo uh we spoiler we did not have another snow movie <laughs> but it all looked fantastic and then you cut to the lab the lab, lab looked pretty cool um uh there's lab stuff all over uh yeah i like the look of all of it i agree with you i really liked that the opening before that was like kind of going along with the lab equipment and like the camera mm-hmm. was kind of moving as the liquids might be flowing through like it really it added to the graveyard thing of setting like a really cool tone that it doesn't quite live up to. Like I thought that was such a mysterious, cool opening, you know? Yeah, for sure. So then the Nazis bust in the door. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I guess this is like, you weren't expecting that. (laughs) No, I wasn't. (laughs) Even with the Germany 1945, it's so quick. I, I wasn't ready. I know, not at all. <laughs> you think it's gonna be like we're in a lab? What's he making? What's he up to? Like, <laughs> but it's just like, oh, all of a sudden the Nazi soldiers are here to take the experiment away. That we still don't even know what the experiment is. <laughs> okay, so question: I'm not. I don't know much about military Anything. norms or procedures or or, or whatever especially the Nazis. 
But the Nazis sig heil, they salute Dr. Frankenstein. Does that mean that he was like high up in the Nazi ranks? Or is that just a thing you do when Mm. you're saying hi to everybody? As a Nazi. (laughs) Um... Well, I know there's not a real answer. They were just trying to show. Give me a second. Nazis. I'm gonna call my local police station, and they'll probably know. You fucking Nazi cops, <laughs> right? Hell yeah, dude. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah, the that's a good point. I don't. I, like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, what do you think of the uh, lab scene just being fucking silent? Yeah, that was like. So was it going? Yeah, it was obviously going for comedy there. <laughs> I don't know. I I read uh, Peter Brothers, which I'm going to be mentioning his stuff a lot. I think he talked about how like it was a beautiful dramatic choice. Or what? Something. <laughs> I, I feel if it like, was, like it... an ode to the original movie, like the first Frankenstein was silent, where they like oh, trying to nudge. Shit. It totally was. That's it what was I totally... first thought. You think so? No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I like when he smashes his lab. It reminded me of the book when he like, uh, he's going to make a, sorry, mild spoilers for a book from 1818. He's going to make a bride for Frankenstein and then decides that he can't do it. And he like smashes all of his equipment. And it totally reminded me of that. Um, huh. So, okay, so then we go to a Japanese submarine. So well, this and then... Is where, oh, sorry. It was comedy, because then he, like, tries to, like, bribe the the soldier, and that's... No, he doesn't try to like, bribe him. He tries to stop doesn't... him, and then the soldier's like, what the fuck? And so he gives him the key to the... To the oh, that's what that was. I thought yeah. that was, like, a jewelry or something. Like, he's like, oh, no, gotcha. don't take my experiment. Um, <laughs> no, well, maybe they key. had fucking words I would have known. Yeah, dude, for sure. I actually went back. Yeah, it was hard to see. Okay, so this is where it got really intense to me because I was like, that's already intense. But then they go to a Japanese submarine and they mention Hitler and they say like he's done for. And it's like all of a sudden you have a Japanese movie doing something that we hadn't seen yet where they were like pointing out that they were working with Hitler and the Nazis in World War Two, which like. Everybody knew that. It's, it's mm-hmm. not a secret. But didn't you feel like it's a little fucking wild that all of a sudden that's they're doing that? Yeah, for them to be like explicitly stating that um yeah, in a Japanese film. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. Yeah, that is pretty I mean, it was crazy, right? It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Did you think it so they said like, "Oh, we we sac uh they sacrificed their sub for this." Like, it must have been important because the Germans got bombed after they passed it off, right? Yeah. Pretty wild also that the Nazis would sacrifice their own people and their own submarine to give a weapon to the Japanese. Maybe they thought that they could get it back or they'd share in the research. I don't know. Yeah, since they're on the same team, maybe it could help. Uh Uh-huh. Well, okay. I also thought it was weird that they're like, they sacrificed their sub for it, but... And you see the sub get bombed, but weren't they still like right next to each other? So like their sub could have just as easily been bombed. It's not like I, I think so. I'm not sure. Time in this movie is very weird. I don't really mm-hmm. know. Like I feel like yeah. there's some editing where I'm like, was that five seconds ago or is that later? Or like 
I don't know. I don't know if they were right next to him. I think you're right. That's how I picture it. Yeah. Also, so there was the... I think maybe part of the reason it felt crazy to me was because the Japanese officer says... So, like, what is it they want us to take? A human being, perhaps? Hitler? Hardly. And then Germany has reached the end of the line. We'd appreciate it if it was a secret weapon. Um... Germany has reached the end of the line. I guess in my head it was like, oh, shit, this is like the end of the war. Like, Hitler's about to die. So why are they, if they know they're going to lose, why are they giving it away? But maybe that was just me kind of jumping ahead, and this was just a line. I don't know. Do you think the Japanese knew that they were going to lose even when Germany fell? Not knew that they were going to lose. Knew that Germany was going to lose. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, Uh. why would Germany, if they think, oh, shit, we're about to lose, give them... Uh-huh. risk their own people to give japan a thing that may result in better super soldiers in the future yeah you know? but i'm thinking way harder about it than these are these people are probably yeah probably definitely okay so we go to hiroshima army hospital and all of a sudden you're like wait a sec this might be bad <laughs> um and shimura is there in his final honda performance charlie this is it oh shit yeah. Boo. Boo. I'm boycotting Honda until we get more Shimura. Um, and when when Shimura tells the story of Frankenstein, in my head it was like, you don't know about Frankenstein? Like, you haven't heard of this book? What he was describing? <laughs> um, yeah, I was wondering about that because earlier you called the Nazi scientist Franken- Dr. Frankenstein. But if oh, everybody knows... Not. Yeah, if everybody, if, they, if it's like known who Frankenstein is, and this has gone back like a long time, hasn't it? You're probably um, right. Yeah, I think that's not Frankenstein. Yeah. Good call. So yeah, and what are they going to do with this fucking heart, Charlie? They are going to make bullet-resistant soldiers. The yes. best kind of soldier you can have. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. But they get bombed immediately. Fucking, this movie is yeah. so fucking insane. And that's like, <laughs> you go from this silent, maybe a joke, maybe not. We don't even know. It's so weird. <laughs> Frankenstein, or a, a mad scientist with Frankenstein's heart with the Nazis scene to like a actually horrific depiction of Hiroshima being bombed. Yeah. And I didn't notice this when I watched, but there's little details in there like before it happens there's a plane that flies over, which is actually the Boeing B-29 Super Fortress, which is what dropped the bomb. Um, Enola Gay. What's that? Enola Gay, or is that... I don't know did that drop the, Did that drop the other one? It was one of the planes that dropped one of the bombs. Oh, gotcha. And then in the... Because apparently, like, to Japanese audiences, the foreshadowing might have been more obvious, because you had that plane that was, like, well-known there, and then also the clock in the hospital said 8.15. Um, which is a trip. I didn't That's gnarly. That. I did not notice it. Super gnarly. Yeah, what did you think it's of the... Uh, that fucking shit. Yeah, I think it was the Enola Gay because in the song Enola Gay, they say it's 8.15 and that's the time that it's always been. So oh, shit. That's... Damn. Who's that by? Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Gotcha. The synth pop kind of... A little, little darker synth poppy band there. It's a, it's a great, great song. Everybody, go stop this podcast and go yeah. listen to Enola Gay by oh, yeah. OMD. Totally. What did you think of that? Sorry, what were you? What you ask me before that? Uh, 
very important info I just laid out. What'd you think of that scene? Uh, that thing? The the bombing of Hiroshima? Yeah. How it was done um, in general? I don't really remember it. Damn. I mean, it was just intense. It was like there's a fucking mushroom cloud. There's uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a mushroom cloud. There's fucking fire and destruction, and it's kind of personal. Like we see human beings, and then we see that fucking happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? As we were mentioning, unlike Godzilla, like Godzilla is created because of nukes that are dropped by the U.S. Right, and like that have been, like it's clearly the U.S. are the fucking uh, aggressors, which makes sense because. Like, I don't know, Japan at this time and in general, just like most fucking nations, are, is super nationalistic and, like, it, they did not want to show themselves as the bad guys. So here we go, like, 11 years later and suddenly Japan is shown wanting to make super soldiers in the war, getting stuff from the Nazis, uh, and then is partially to blame for Frankenstein, right? It's like kind of yeah. all three have a, have a hand. Uh, we already talked about that. It was intense, but what do you think? I get the feeling that it's, like, maybe Honda and and crew are, like... Like, do you think this was a political move, or do you think it was just a sensationalist thing to include? Because it feels like it'd be hard to divorce from the politics. It's something they, like, wouldn't talk about before. Yeah, I feel like it had to be... Especially knowing the director, I feel like it definitely had to be a political yeah. commentary. Um, uh, like, finally owning up, kind of? or like Yeah, yeah, basically... Um, Honing up to the fact that they were not exactly the good guys. Um, yeah, they weren't innocent in... No. Yeah. Yeah, you, Honda definitely... He definitely knew that, right? Yeah. He had a, he had a sure. head on his shoulders. And there's a lot of, I think, the Honda themes of, like, wanting to... Like, Honda's big themes of, of hope and peace um, yeah. in this. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I was very surprised. Maybe like, he, th- maybe Honda thought if everyone saw a depiction of uh, Hiroshima, they would uh, stop nuclear weapons. Harsh, bro. Harsh. What? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it felt it felt like a slight on Honda. Uh, I guess you could read it. Like, I, I wasn't trying to do that, but yeah, yeah I can sure. I can see why. <laughs> um, so apparently that beginning scene was actually, according to Peter H. Brothers, influenced by real events, which I was very surprised by. Um, Frankenstein. For a second, whole... for a second, I thought you meant the bombing. I'm like, yeah, I knew that <laughs> was. I knew that was uh, based on real events. <laughs> no um (laughs) so i'm gonna read from mushroom clouds and mushroom men the sequence involving the cooperation between japanese and german submarines seems to have been influenced by an actual world war ii incident when a german slash japanese plot was devised to turn much of the united states into a radioactive wasteland a japanese submarine the i-52 was on its way to Japan from Germany, carrying the lethal ingredients for an atom bomb, only to be sunk by U.S. Navy warplanes on June 24th, 1944. Oh. So it's interesting that not only are they showing that this time they are partially to blame for mm. the monster and also, you know, their their position to an extent in World War II, but it's based on, possibly based on a real-life event that had to do with them trying to make nukes right 
Yeah, I didn't even know that they were trying to make nukes at that time. Um, I think I did read that when I was when we did Atragon, and I was reading about like secret yeah. weapons of Japan that they were they were attempting. Interesting. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder. Like, this seems kind of like a, a slightly obscure, like unknown thing. So it makes me wonder. Like, was that actually? Yeah. Did people actually know about that? Like, would would, would Honda have? Yeah, know right. That happened. Um, well, that, Peter H. Brothers doesn't cite any of his sources, so it's got to be true. <laughs> A man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's totally made up. Um, either way, the message is not much different. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Okay. In your version, in the one you watched, did they say that Nick Adams' character, uh, Bowen worked on the atomic bomb no okay good same okay um <laughs> i was reading big stuff that, difference yes i was reading stuff that implied that and i was like i do not understand um maybe Mm-mm. yeah okay that makes a big difference in reading so i just wanted to ask that first um <laughs> okay so we go to 15 years later and they're, we're in the Hiroshima International Institute of Radiotherapeutics. Uh, not a real word. And, man, this movie, it's just no, that such a weird mix of wacky and, like, really fucking heavy and brutal. <laughs> like, you have these survivors of the A-bomb and things being described as, like, like, their state is worse than death and then like oh her parents they were killed by the a-bomb and she's been alone since she was a baby and then you have this american white dude and they're all like thanking him and giving him (laughs) presents what (sighs) that's what i do whenever i see an american white dude Uh, oh god i say thank you for your service here's a cigarette here's a pillow (laughs) To every white dude. Yeah. <laughs> every Thank American you. white dude. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so weird, dude. Why do you do that? I just want them to know that they're appreciated. If I'm in first class, you know, on the airplane, and an American white dude board, I give him my seat. You know? Yeah, and if... He has uh, a a lady with him. I say, no, just him. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> We're doing a podcast. Oh, like, yeah, okay. Unless they're a veteran, right? Oh yeah, then I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It fucked me up so hard that like it's suddenly after seeing like right after seeing this really gnarly scene of Hiroshima happening you have a white dude who's helping an American dude who's helping you know from the country that bombed them and he's saying things like it's just a fact that this the bombing is also an opportunity to study like it comes from a tragic (laughs) thing but you know like we must work to turn this tragedy into eternal peace and happiness in the future. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you're not the one who should be saying, let's look on the bright side right now. Yeah. Well, another thing was, she's like, yeah, I 
came here because I wanted to rehabilitate instead of destroy or something like that. But then he's like, but my research isn't going anywhere, so I'm just going to go back to America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like she's consoling him in that scene. Like, <laughs> like he's like, oh, I just, you know, my life's purpose is kind of, I think I might change directions and it's really hard. And it's like, dude, this person is watching their, like, like they're, they knew people who probably died. There's pe their mm -hmm. people are being like, it's just so, it's so, such yeah. a weird choice that that was the white guy. Like that was yeah. the white You would expect this to be, if this was made by an American, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. That's fucked up. But that makes sense that that's how uh, it was they a co-production. Was it? Yeah, it was a U.S. co-production. That's why they had the white guy, and he spoke English during all the scenes, and he's dubbed, and vice versa. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that that was like a demand from the from the U.S. part because oof. it's very weird that Honda would. Uh, I mean, it does do kind of decision. feel like a Honda move to show, like, look, people can change. Look, it's mm -hmm. like their good can come from bad. Let's show that the people who bombed us also, like, it seems like a weird the the liberal side of Honda maybe move. Yeah, to... yeah. Oh. It just doesn't sit. It it just doesn't sit. Add it on top of the no. first nine minutes, then going to that. It's a fucking intense first fifteen minutes. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and then that girl's making him the pillow, and uh, we found out later that she died. <laughs> then later in the movie, they're like talking about her. They're like, he says to her, "Like, let's go visit her grave," and she's like, "Yeah, let's do it. Really, yeah." <laughs> they're like so excited. It's like day trip. Yeah, she's super. She's way too. She's like giddy. Like, oh my god, that sounds fun. And it's like. You, don't you put on a little bit of like a even if you're excited to go on a day trip like, oh, it's like it's someone's great. fucking grave I, so i was so confused that's what when i said earlier that like there's weird time stuff it felt like they had a scene with her and then like a scene later it was like hey do you remember that person we just saw this is the anniversary of her death and i was yeah. so confused it's like, all of a sudden they're like, it's the one year anniversary of death. Like, oh, I guess it's a year later, but I don't, it doesn't or, seem like any time has passed at all in any not way. Not at all. <laughs> I kind of thought maybe it was a, a, a like a translation thing. Like maybe there's a mm -hmm. word in Japanese that's very normal for like, it's been a week. Yeah. But I don't Which know. would make it even worse how excited she is. <laughs> yes, <that's> <laughs> right. I, maybe time jump. That's just a weird thing. I don't know. There's not uh -huh. unlike the last movie, Ghidorah. There's not a bunch of things that don't make sense to me in this movie. That one just threw me off. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, what's the point in the time jump other than like this Going girl's been dead? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very weird. Did that like fucking fuck with your head? The thing with I mean, we've with already him. talked about it, but like the thing the with the white Bowen, dude. That's fucking weird right it's not like looking it's, into it really hard you realize it's weird like i usually go off on that's just like a whoa moment right yeah totally <laughs> for sure um i have a note to look at a part in the book for this okay that's my favorite part of the book oh okay maybe he's just making shit up in this book um just as bowman 
Wait, Bowman? I thought it was Bowen. It is Bowen. Oh, okay. He calls him Bowman. He maybe this guy just is making shit. <laughs> maybe he's just drunk. <laughs> PH Brothers is just listening to our podcast, laughing his ass off. Like, it's actually like, uh, all who is that comedian who would just like make the fake books of facts? You know what I'm talking about? He was all he was on the Daily Show a lot. Anyway. Jonathan Stewart. No, god damn it. Uh, H something. Anyway, uh. Just as Bowman admits to Suiko his remorse for having participated in the development of the Hiroshima bomb and his decision to put things right by returning to America and starting over, an off-screen voice calls out, Idiot! Mocking this belated declaration of guilt. None of, what? None of, <laughs> none of that seems real to me. I think my, my drunk theory checks out. I, yeah. I don't. I... Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Weird-ass choice, Honda. Weird-ass choice, Nick Adams. Weird-ass choice, everybody. Um, let's fucking talk about Frankenstein. Uh, so you said you liked how he looked. Yeah, I thought his makeup looked pretty cool. Uh, I was kind of expecting it to be a little cheesier. For anyone that doesn't know, and if you don't know, I guess you're kind of stupid. Charlie. I'm just saying, I don't want people to get close to me. I, I ruined relationships on purpose. Oh, not on purpose, but like subconsciously. Got it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, hey, stupid. Uh, what happened was Universal, they did not trademark Frankenstein because they couldn't trademark that. But they trademarked Franken- the look of Frankenstein in the Universal movies. So people could not uh, emulate that look, but they could use the name Frankenstein. I was kind of surprised how similar it was. Like, they even chose, like, it's way more similar than Mm -hmm. the book version. Like, it's just, it's like the flat head with the big Yeah, the flat head in particular really uh, makes you think of them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I was really stoked because I kept, I don't know, I've always been like, what do you mean Frankenstein is giant? This is so weird. So the fact that he Mm -hmm. grows, which was news to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool. I thought I was like, "Oh, that all of a sudden makes this movie way better than I thought it was going to be." That's a cool concept. Yeah, um, I think at this point there had been movies that we'll probably eventually cover where they're like growing humans. Um, but sure. uh, I think those are probably cheesier and look worse. I thought this looked well. The, the I thought Frankenstein looked pretty good, and and I. Th- some of the scenes with him being big look pretty cool. Uh, totally. What do you think of his like? I guess first, what do you think of like the the actor? I guess the the way he like kind of communicated and showed emotion and all that stuff. I liked it. Uh, he had a very stupid look on his face during a lot of it. Just kind of like dazed and like blah. And I thought yeah. that was a, a good look. Um, I also I did not. They talk about how he's Caucasian, and it's kind of just hard to tell because of the makeup on him. Um, yes. Um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I don't really know why they chose a Caucasian. Well, they got the heart from Germany, so I'm assuming it was a European that had been turned into Frankenstein. But they delivered the heart itself. They didn't deliver the heart inside of a boy. 
but the heart grows just like oh that's what happens i think so, i thought yeah. it's just like what they okay interesting because otherwise make... bomb hiroshima gets bombed and somebody rushes in and puts it in a body yeah um yeah, I didn't yeah, get it until... I was confused by that part, too. I think yeah. I listened to a podcast that said that it makes sense. Like, anything that you cut off grows back, mm-hmm. but the heart stays alive. So I think it grows from the heart. That makes sense. Okay. But also, I don't know. Um, There's something to that. I think that there's, like, a... I was talking to El Barto, and he... A shout out, El Barto. Uh, I don't know. Shout? He was mentioning, I think that there's a reading of this movie you could do that has to do with the fact that it came from Nazi Germany. Uh, Frankenstein did is white, has uh, blue eyes, is basically almost Aryan, and then is like a uh, you know much stronger than your average person uh, being. I don't know. I think there's a weird Aryan read of it, but yeah, uh, I'm not going I didn't, there. I didn't think of that, but you could definitely. That makes. That makes complete sense. Um, For sure. Oh, yeah. As far as his, like, behavior, I I thought he did a good job. I mean, he, you were right. He is a little dopey. Like, I don't know if I like my Frankenstein so dopey. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe it's that I just read the book and Frankenstein talks and is an extremely smart, quick learner who reads Paradise Lost and shit. But I don't remember the book at all, so that's that's news to me. <laughs> for sure um yeah i don't know he i mean that aside even the first time i watched it when i hadn't read it, it i think it's it's fine but i think it could be uh it could be a little better um yeah but his fighting is fucking cool i liked his fighting dude knows how to wrestle <laughs> yeah dude and what do you think of like just the like the shots with him like the you know the effects of him being giant wreaking havoc Generally speaking, I thought that they were done pretty good. There were a couple times where, like, it had, like, kind of, like, a bluish aura around yeah. him. So it kind of, that those ones didn't look good. And I thought the miniatures in this movie generally looked pretty bad um, mm. in comparison to lots of older ones. It Not just the horse and looked, the boar, though. Oh, my God, the horse looks so bad. <laughs> Holy shit, that horse looks bad. <laughs> yeah, a lot of like the miniatures and Baragon, I feel, looked lower budget than usual. Um, For sure. So him combined with those didn't look great, but but Frankenstein himself, I generally thought looked uh, pretty good all around. Yeah, I feel like they did a really good job of like having a, a scene on the streets where you see the people running. And then having mm-hmm. Frankenstein go through it later, and it looks pretty similar. Like, it really felt like he was there sometimes. Um, yeah. And him, like, busting through the jail cell wall was fucking cool. Like, there's there's some the scenes with him that are actually, like, just kind of beautiful and awesome. I also liked, there's a scene where, after he's gotten out, and he goes to uh, Sueko's apartment, and he's outside looking in and he has a huge head and she's looking out at him and i yeah. think that that was supposed to be a reference to king kong because it felt the, like the, it. Sh- the shot was very similar to the the shots yeah. of king kong yeah definitely i i thought that was a beautiful shot it definitely felt like a reference and i think that that was a really like one of the cool things about this movie compared to again like the monster stuff we've seen recently is like there's actual like emotion and stuff like that mm-hmm. moment you're like oh he found her 
he's not trying to do anything bad. He just kind of wants to connect with her and he can't talk and he can't communicate. And so he just kind of runs away. And I felt like that yeah. was such a, like, that's like a good moment. Like that's, uh, uh-huh. it's saying some, so much more than we usually get with the giant monsters in these later movies or not later, yeah. but this era. Yeah, definitely. The, the fact that it's a human allows her so much more kind of, uh, emotional connection, I guess. Um, True, but also, even if if there was a scene where a monster that looked like Godzilla was trying to communicate and couldn't, like, they haven't even tried. It's not that, like, oh, but it looked like a a rubber suit. Yeah. On top Um, of it, yeah. But it makes it way easier. mm Mm-hmm. In general, but mostly in this movie, what do do we think Frankenstein wants? Like, what's his main, what's his deal? What's his motivation? He really wants to just... Take a trip to, like, a tropical island where he can just kick back, drink some rum out of a coconut, um, get some nice sun. Blue Mountain. My man loves Blue Mountains. Yeah, dude. Uh, Who doesn't? Middle of the day, working? Mm -hmm. Mm. Go for... Maybe try to learn how to surf. Um, (laughs) And I think that it's sad that he doesn't get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he wants, like, connection, I guess. Um, totally. Like, all we really see from him, he loves eating, so he also wants food. Um, yeah. He, he's, he's a hungry boy. Relatable. Um. <laughs> he's alive, so he wants yeah. to eat, yes. <laughs> um, sure. But, yeah, you see him, um, he's really into Sueco, and he wants to connect with her as another human the only other human that's really kind of shown him uh compassion and and yeah. understanding yeah it, it actually feels like maybe like kong, uh king kong done right it's like he just wants the woman to yeah have a scene that looks like it but it's not because of some weird thing they don't say about just liking women it's yeah that he just wants human connection and she was the mm. one willing to try to give it he just wants understanding and communication i mean yeah he just wants like the most basic things that any of us want he just yeah. wants to eat like so much almost all other than him like getting upset because of being traumatized almost all of the things he does that lead to people wanting to attack him are like things that any of us would do like he's hungry he's trying to survive he tries to hunt by killing a bird he throws the tree and it hits a house which looks fucking awesome by the way that was sick <laughs> Yeah. But doesn't he laugh after that? Like, he's kind of... I don't know. like, ah, ha, ha. I, I didn't notice wrong. that. Um, but then, like, yeah, he literally destroys a tank or fucks up a tank by setting a trap for a boar. Also, awesome. <laughs> but, like, dude's just trying to eat, you know? Yeah. By the way, um, trying to set that trap for the boar really shows that there's some kind of more intelligence uh, there. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's some complicated shit. Yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other, he just, he wants freedom. That's why he breaks out of the jail. Like, it, he's just a dude. Um, but the one That's thing why he like, wants to come. That's why he wants to go to Hawaii, so that he can be in fucking... He gets that tropical experience with goddamn freedom of America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, the perfect combo. Nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, But one thing he likes that's not just kind of 
what do we all like? I mean, we do, but like he likes fucking rock and roll, which I think is a great little note in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't notice the first time he's watching the TV and they're playing and he's into it. And I'm like, that's a funny thing. I didn't notice the connection between that and him going after the boat that's playing rock and roll. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What, what happened at the end of the video, uh, the end of the rock and roll when he's watching on TV that caused him to freak out? Oh, uh, somebody who was singing i think shouted somebody shouted okay yeah and he, he doesn't like that no he doesn't like hardcore <laughs> he likes the yeah he fucking he throws that tv right out the window it's kind of like whenever when i was a kid as a little anarchist child whenever bill clinton would show up on tv i just throw the tv out the window and yeah every time fuck you fuck authority and then my mom <laughs> would say no cussing not in this house mister <laughs> But, but doesn't mention the TV being flung. No. no. And she's like, oh, that's another TV and the TV budget. <laughs> TV is bad. I did teach him that. What can I say? <laughs> it's a watch. So, okay. So those are his motivations in general. So why do you think he's like, like he helps people. He helps, uh, Ko- God, what's his name? Kawaji? Kawaji? Dr. Kawaji? Kawaji, yeah. How many times can I say Kawaji? When he's, like, laying on the ground, he's, like, protecting the towns from Baragon and fighting Baragon. Like... Yeah. I... I... It... I guess it's... He just has this intrinsic understanding that, uh... You know, he's human. Because the whole thing about... Yeah. A, a, a theme going throughout this is, like, people arguing that he's not human. Um, yeah. Uh, including Kawaji argues that. Uh, but... And argues that he is. It's uh, confusing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's he has this intrinsic understanding that uh, these are humans. They're meant to be. Um, they're they're like him, and they should be therefore be protected. And yeah, uh, well, he just wants to be accepted by the humans. So yeah, of course, he's gonna like. It's almost like it could be like purely, purely. So now, once you once you accept me, now that I've helped you. Well, I was going to say it, it pretty it could be purely that he he just cares for them and he's just a good person, but also it could be like look like me, look what I'm doing for yeah. you. Um or a combo, you know, for most of us in his position I think it'd be a combo. Yeah, I mean it's just so gnarly like it it didn't really occur to me the first time and it's so different from the original or most Frankenstein stories that like Frankenstein dies because he's protecting humans. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. that's intense after all the shit they've done to him. Yeah. It really makes you question, who is the monster? (laughs) Is it the humans or Baragon? I think it might be us. I think it's Baragon. (laughs) Um, I think it's fucking metal as hell that he doesn't try to escape. He just, the fucking forest is on fire behind him, and he dies, sinks into the earth with his fists <laughs> in the air. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's just like, I'm going out metal, dude. Solidarity. Hell yeah. Resistance. Fucking metal, the obvious evolution of the rock and roll I loved earlier. <laughs> I've grown up, now I love metal. It's so perfect, but fuck hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh man good tie-in um 
Okay, so obviously a lot of what this movie is about is, despite his motivations, people, how people treat Frankenstein and what that's supposed to mean. So since this is kind of their main role in general, let's talk about the main characters in the film a little bit. Mm. First, we have Suiko. What do you think of her? Uh, yeah, I think she's pretty much set up to be the most um, likable character in this because she's... She's all about that that Frankenstein. She's all about <laughs> connecting with him and protecting him from the other humans and like arguing arguing basically for his uh survival and how he should be treated with you know an amount of uh respect and care. Yeah, and she like she's shown to just in general be compassionate, right? Like uh mm-hmm. Bowen comes into the hospital and is like um oh, you're working on Sunday? And she's like, they don't have Sundays either. Talking about the the victims of the A-bomb. She's the first one to give him food. She's the first one to give him uh, drinks. Like, she's just compassionate with her resources to, like, anybody that she sees as, like, needing it. And, yeah, I mean, she's yeah. like, awesome. But, like all of us, she has her flaws. Yes. And uh, there's some dents in that compassion, like when she... Uh, loses her fucking mind about uh visiting the grave of of uh of uh h bomb radioactive victim totally so what what about the part where he freaks out at the tv and throw like freaks out of the tv and throws it and then she's like why are you being so violent and then the next scene the reporters are about to go inside a cell with him and they go is he ever violent? And she goes, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe she just hates the press, which would make her a good character, a relatable character. Cool. <laughs> Did you not hear the part where after they go and she goes, fucking fake news media? Uh, my theory is that after she yelled, why are you so violent? When he, when he smashed the TV... She then, between that and the next scene, she did some soul searching and came to the obvious conclusion that property destruction isn't violence and that she'd been <laughs> wrong. And so when they asked, she's like, no, no, no. He's never done any violence. It was a goddamn TV. Property theft, motherfucker. Come on in. It's a good point. I, I What was she... Um, so he freaks out with the TV and then she goes up to him and she's just in... she de-escalates super well like fuck yeah yeah but then he like freaks out over her necklace or something like that uh uh-huh. is it just cuz just cuz it's like a shiny yeah metal is that why okay. yeah and they, well and they needed like a Relatable. some kind of reason to add some tension because he looked like he was going to attack her but then it turned out yeah. he was just reaching for the necklace yeah yeah and, like, dude, he's chill. Like, fucking uh, Bowen hits him with a chair, and he doesn't, like, yeah, He's so much chiller than most of them in that way. I know. I mean, if I got hit in the back of the head with a chair, I would crumple on the ground and uh, probably be unconscious. Yeah, totally. One thing, yeah, I like that we have, like, again, one of the leading characters is the person we're supposed to, like, identify with most i mean i guess it does kind of fall into gender stereotypes a bit of like she's the nurturing caring one but also she's like the moral backbone of the movie and that's worth a lot yeah it also yeah i mean yes you're right it does fall into stereotypes but it's also that she's like 
she's supposed to be the character that the audience likes most, which has not been the case in most of these movies up till now. Absolutely. Or even like, I mean, just the fact that she has such a big role and we're supposed to have an opinion of her mm-hmm. is so much better than most of the assistant roles that we've yeah. seen. Other than, I mean, the last movie too. Um, but there is a point where, of course, because it's a goddamn fucking giant monster movie from the 60s, she becomes a damsel in distress, which is a little bit like, come on, y'all. Can't the dumb Kawaji be? I mean, I guess he is later, <laughs> but forget, <laughs> I forgot he is too. But yeah, I, I was just like, ah, you're getting closer, but come on. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Kawaji. Dr. Kawaji. What's his fucking deal? Um, He's in Mothra, right? He's like the main guy. Yeah, I know he's been in stuff before. I just, I couldn't remember exactly what, so. I can picture him in a Hawaiian right. shirt, I think. Uh, oh, no, Frank not Mothra. envious. King Kong versus Godzilla. King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Mm, his character, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like we said earlier. Sometimes he's arguing that Frankenstein is uh, human. Sometimes he's arguing that he's a monster. Um, and kind of like that just generally with his character, where it's just kind of, you can go both ways with him. Um, he's, I, he's I not feel the... like it was a direct trajectory. I don't feel like he wavers. I feel like that was his turn, and from then on... Like, he was calling him a human, and then the doctor tells him... And then he's like, no, actually, he's a monster for the rest of the movie. Yeah, because the scientist is like... Well, he lies, but, like, I think that's his mentality, because the... He's like, yeah, he's a human, we can't put him in a zoo, and then he goes to the fucking probably Nazi scientist, and the guy's <laughs> like, you gotta cut off his hand or foot. And, uh, and then he's like, hey, he's not a human. Uh, and then for we then gotta cut keep... off his hand. We gotta cut off his arm or leg. <laughs> Which to find out if he is, because then if he isn't, I know exactly <laughs> what. And so I feel like he did the thing a lot of scientists and doctors have to do, where they just he was like, oh, I have to do that. He's not. I'm not thinking about his humanity anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because the next time that he says something positive is towards the end. He says the thing is to find and take care of him somehow. Like, and, and you're like, oh, maybe he cares again. And then he goes ahead mm-hmm. on his own and then says he agrees with the public that we should kill him. Kill and then, him. but he's like, don't worry, we can take a piece of his heart and flesh so they can study it. Like, <laughs> it was like a fucking lie. Yeah. I don't like this guy, as you can tell. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of him. Um, he's like, well, I guess, okay, so you brought up the, the human, is he's not a human thing. His argument during that is like, well, he's man-made. Do, um, do you think that matters? Like, if no. somebody made a human? Yeah, people are made in Petri dishes all the time. Um, uh, and they're still human. Yeah. Um, we used, I used to live with someone that was made in a Petri dish. And he was human. Yeah, it's true. This guy's just got it wrong then. Yeah, this guy's got it wrong. And I think he's in a position where getting it wrong can lead to some sadness. So (laughs) he's got to turn around and get it right so that can lead to happiness. Yeah, that's true. Did you notice he's just like freaking out about how they have this hand? Like it's like everything changes once they have the hand. (sighs) He I, mentions the hand so many fucking times. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that. Like, there's the part where uh, the reporters are like, you know, they, they the reporters interview the three of them a bunch of times, and uh-huh. they're like, are you still saying that we shouldn't kill him? 
And Bowen's like, as a scientist, I still ask that you not do that. Like, that you that still ask that, that you not kill him. And Kawaji's basically like, but we have his hand, so, like, it's cool if you do it and we won't try to stop <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he, like, there's multiple times where he's like, but we have the hand. Don't worry, we have the hand. Like, just, like, guys, why are you freaking out about, like, they're... <laughs> He's incapable of understanding why anybody else would have any kind of uh, concern for a Frankenstein. Yes. Um, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Anything could happen to him. That's fine. Totally. We got the fucking hand. <laughs> yeah, like, you all keep forgetting we got this fucking hand. That's pretty cool. Like, we got a science. <laughs> look at this thing. It's fucking moving. It's, it's fucking. Look at this hand. It's living on its own. We don't need the rest of them. You can high five you all day. Like, it doesn't give a shit. It doesn't do anything else. <laughs> It, it is weird though because at the end you know like he has that turn where he betrays the other two and he's like y'all we gotta do this but he does kind of make a weird argument for like a like a kind of humane argument for what he thinks is best for Frankenstein um, he says I want to blind him and I want to take a piece of his heart and a piece of his flesh and Bowen's <laughs> like that's crueler than just killing him and Dr. Kawaji's like he's uh, he's doomed to be killed anyway. If we can keep his heart intact, it's the only way to save his life. I is mean... There... <laughs> is there what? Is there any... Does that argument hold water for you, Charlie? No, not at all. Um, Do you get what he's saying? No. Well, he's saying... Sorry, he just said that, like... If we can get the heart to survive, like, it doesn't matter? Is that what he just said? No, he's saying he's going to get hunt down and hunted down and killed anyway, so instead we should blind him, take a piece of his heart, and then let him die, because then his heart will be alive. But the whole thing is that his heart yeah. can't die. I know, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, or that's what I was going to say, that's why I wanted to clarify what he said. Yeah, yeah. His, his heart's immortal, so that doesn't make any sense. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I wasn't missing some, like, moral twist. This guy's just fucking lost it about science. And yeah, or maybe he just doesn't fully understand what's going on. But <laughs> him just being like, oh, they can do whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like, well, he's doomed to die anyways. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all doomed to die. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean that we have to <laughs> die early or in horrific ways or... yeah for sure i definitely felt like sueka is supposed to be compassion above all else kuwaji is supposed to be scientific advancement is prioritized over anything else mm -hmm. um where do you feel like bowen fits in and then, yeah so he's like the middle ground between them um yeah for sure um, mm -hmm. like definitely it must be closer to Suiko because he does like symbolic. I mean, he physically stands with her. Um, yeah. And then also our, our introduction to him and his motivations is he's like, I came here to, cause I wanted to help people and I wanted to, uh, research about, uh, helping people with radiation sickness or whatever. Sure. So, um, despite the whole white savior thing um yeah that's uh that's introducing us to a character whose main concern is just helping people yeah that's so. true and he's very adamant about like don't kill him don't kill him from the start like mm -hmm. even uh when him and 
so him and Suiko encounter him twice when he's in like the when he's just considered a waif, like a a, a homeless mm-hmm. person. Both times they show compassion. They still treat him kind of like an animal. Yeah, they didn't seem that concerned when he got hit by a car. They're like, "Oh no!" That's, oh, I that's didn't bad. realize he got hit by the car. I was like, "Did he try to take a taxi?" And the taxi driver kicked him out. <laughs> I think my <laughs> my interpretation makes more sense. Makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's why we have you here, Charlie. Um, I know. Yeah, I mean, and she like throws meat at him, right? <laughs> yeah, and like. <laughs> She's supposed to be the compassionate one, but like, if you knew anybody who threw food at a houseless person, you wouldn't think they were compassionate. Like, no, especially if that houseless person was sitting in the middle of the street after getting hit by a taxi. <laughs> and yeah, it just freaked me out. I was like, wait, was this nice back then? Like, is were like, is this how uh-huh. in Japan when a bunch of people lost their homes because of Hiroshima, like? this is this was this considered nice like what were the mean people doing like yeah oh it freaked me out man (laughs) oh we talked about kawaji he's like the scientist yeah but bowen throughout when they ask him like so you still think that uh um frankenstein we shouldn't kill him he's he he says like multiple times well i'm a scientist so yes i think he should true uh, we should survive, or he should be left alive. But yeah, that is funny because um, that's often not the case with scientists. Uh, yeah, totally. It's, it yeah. depends on how you look at it. Like, I think that mm-hmm. Kawaji could tell himself, justify anything by being like, well, this is for the greater good. This is for mm-hmm. the advancement we'll find eventually. But, you know, yeah. that's a slippery slope. That's how. Yeah a lot of shit gets fucked up um is waiting for this perfect thing later and doing whatever it takes in the in the in the present but i don't mm-hmm. even think that's his motivation i think he just is like oh this guy's fucking wild and terrible and i don't care about him so let's kill him and also i want yeah. to test on stuff it's not like this will help in the future you know yeah whereas uh i do think suiko and especially um bowen think that researching him will like help humanity Mm -hmm. um so i feel like the the public perception of frankenstein in the movie changes throughout from like when he's like first he's a waif like he's it's i mean it does feel like it's a little bit of a commentary since this whole movie is a commentary on like people who don't fit in being treated Mm-hmm. poorly like i do think there's something to the fact that like maybe they were making a state about how uh, a statement about how people treat you know drifters or whatever um yeah i could definitely see that it makes me wonder uh what exactly like um homelessness uh was like in japan at this time um, yeah because every culture or slash every state has very different it's different depending on where you are. So I just wonder, you know, sure. um, what the rates were like at the time. And uh, I have no idea what Japanese culture, uh, what the people, what the population, how what they thought about it. Because um, that, that's going to change culture by culture, state by state. So Yeah, totally. Uh, and I mean, they do mention, which I think is true, that like a bunch of people were displaced by the bombings and there was more than normal. But then it seemed pretty 
fluid to just go right into like, oh yeah, a bunch of, of there's a waif. There's been a bunch of them since the bombing. Ah, oh, shoot, he's going to eat my animals. Like yeah. it, it did make it feel like if that's true and then this is how you depict people right away, like maybe there's some truth you... to that, but I don't know. Uh-huh, totally. I thought it was interesting that, um, so it starts out with that and then like he's taken in and he like looks kind of, weird but not as weird as he's about to get and he's like kind of young looking and i feel like there's a change immediately like like from how he's treated when he's young looking to how he's treated when he gets uglier and like um and older like there's the part where sueko says the boy needs me and bowen's like you can't come and he's no longer a boy like that's almost like a a moral judgment or something around how he's acting yeah and just, I mean, as he gets uglier, he gets treated worse. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah, people treat me worse every single day. Worse and you... worse day by day. <laughs> I was kind of confused by his whole his whole thing. Because when we first meet him, he would be like 15 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's only grown to this, <laughs> to like a regular... 15 year old size yeah I, and then all of a sudden just like every day he's just fucking growing exponentially um it's very weird yes it doesn't okay, i'm glad sense. glad you noticed that too um and yes. you could help me figure it out i can't help you figure it out well, i mean i can't it's how it would be easy to make the move you know, mm-hmm. I know. uh <laughs> But yeah, it's it's very weird. I can't... It's hard not to think about that the whole time I'm watching it. I'm like trying to be like, who cares? There's weirder shit. His body grows apart. Like the Nazis were saluting uh, uh, Dr. Frankenstein's, like, you know, protege or whatever. Like, this is nothing, but it's hard not to think about for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like there's this weird obsession with finding out if he's Frankenstein. Like, they're like, we have to cut off his limb to find out if he's Frankenstein. Like... Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we need to find out. Well, he even, the Dr. Kawaji even says, like, at one point, when they're like, what should we do with him? He's just like, either way, he's a monster. Whether or not he's Frankenstein, he's still a fucking monster. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So, like, why are you so concerned whether or not he's this thing you've heard tales of so they can do weird science shit and make supernatural humans that can not get killed by bullets but they kind of could have done that they're still like he's this fucking oh yeah true crazy ass shit that you can do weird You're tests right. with and weird shit with <laughs> for sure yeah i, I guess, guess you it, know it, more specifically that he's invulnerable if yeah he's, that's uh, if he that's is the only thing i can think of but it's still like <laughs> Yeah, dude, if it's not, then you just cut off the hand. I mean, either way, it's just, like, completely diverting your uh, your perspective from this is a being with a consciousness and mm. hopes and desires to this is a medical subject. Like, yeah. suddenly. Um, and it's wild how quickly Dr. Kawaji, his perspective changes once, you know, that perspective shift happens. Which mm-hmm. is fucked up, man. That shit's some real shit. The way you look at shit completely changes what you do in this fucking world, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Okay, so what do you, uh, final, th- any final thoughts on Frankenstein before we move on? Like, uh, anything about him in the movie? Um, he's a good looking boy. What do you, what do you think of the last lines? The, uh, perhaps the best thing for him would be to die. After all, he's only a monster. 
Is that Kawaji that says that? Uh, no, Kawaji says like, "Oh, he'll never die" or something. And then mm. I think I think it's Bowen who says, uh, "Perhaps the best thing for him would be to die." After all, he's only a monster. That's um, it's a shitty thing to say. I don't know if it is. I almost feel like it's like the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, you're a dick." What is this? Doesn't fit. And now I'm kind of feeling like it might mean if this is how we treat people who are so different maybe mm. death would be better than living on this world right now with this fucked up society and the way we treat different people that makes sense but it, it's still wrong about how he should die because he's treated well, he, horribly he's not saying he wants him to die but he's, he says perhaps I know, it's I know. the best thing for him he's just he's talking he's about how shitty it being is. poetic yeah for um, sure but um yeah i mean that's that's up to frankenstein bro <laughs> and Frankenstein seemed pretty stoked on it. I mean, he just put his fist <laughs> up at the screen. He's just like, "I'm doing this shit," because he's fucking metal. He's metal as fuck. Okay, so one of the things that's very funny to me about this movie is that you have the most complex introduction origin story of a monster ever, <laughs> and it's like fucking just wild. All these political ties to the first chunk of the movie, and then it's like. Oh, and there's also this weird thing that came out of the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, it's a dinosaur that escaped extinction by going underground. And... No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> just happens to come at the same time. Uh-huh. So, besides, um, you've, you've seen GMK, right? Yes. That was my introduction to Baragon. And uh-huh. Me what, too. What'd you, I mean, what were you expecting? What'd you get? What'd you think? Well, first of all, I'm kind of rethinking my whole interpretation of the two monsters, Frankenstein and Baragon. Because you know what? One of these was created by the Nazis, and one of them wasn't. And I've been siding with the one created by the Nazis. But now, you know what? All monsters must die. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny because... Baragon is not shown to be sympathetic at all compared to almost any kai like most kaiju so mm-hmm. far in the Toho universe have been very sympathetic and Baragon they give you yeah. basically nothing unless you really want to see oil fields being Wait. destroyed and shit in which case it's pretty sick. <laughs> That's cool. Um but yeah, they don't really yeah, they don't give us anything about Baragon. So there's really nothing to his creation. There's really there's no much there's not much interaction with humans there's there's nothing to his character um his character well first of all besides gmk is he in anything else is he in destroy all monsters Uh, i can't remember i want to say yes but i'm totally guessing and we look like noobs well yeah i'm a noob Um, i admit it i admit it i've only seen half of destroy all monsters i couldn't tell you okay um anyways yeah baragon I uh, I mentioned earlier how kind of seemed like this was a lower budget affair because like the mm. miniatures didn't look that great. Um, I also think Baragon did not look that great. Yeah. Um, Funny saggy. Uh, yeah, very. The face was very. The, there was lots of close-ups of the face. It was very goofy looking, very fake looking. It just yeah. It just completely looks like uh, a suit. Um, even more so than than usual. It, it it did not look good. I agree. I I do really like Baragon though. Like I love how Baragon leaps. It's so great how Baragon leaps. Um and I really 
I really like uh, his, her, their fire breath um, or whatever it is. I mean, they're, just, <laughs> they're such a cutie. They, they definitely look yeah. like a suit, but they're a cutie. I, I agree. Um, the overall, I, I, I'm not against the overall design of it, which looks pretty neat. And I also like the concept of a, of a monster that can, that's, uh, awesome at digging and yeah, can just that's cool. dig down really quick and dig up really quick. And I, can that's, leap, that's a cool concept. Can leap so well. Like yeah. the, the digging thing is so funny. There was a, si- a, a scene where I think Dr. Kowaji is like, that monster can dig at incredible speeds. Frankenstein has has no hope of beating him. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> can you imagine like Evander Holyfield versus Charlie? <laughs> and somebody's like, that guy, Charlie, he can dig like crazy. Evander Holyfield's got nothing. I mean, as long as we were on ground. I think that they would have a good point. <laughs> if we're in a if we're in a uh, boxing ring, no, I'd probably lose. How do I you win that. by digging? Like I dig a sinkhole, and then oh, say, "Hey, Vander Holyfield, come here." Um, I mean, uh, and I dress. Um, I was gonna do the the Bugs Bunny thing where I dress up as a female and I show my leg, and he says, uh, "Hubba hubba," and then he runs towards me, and then he falls in the sinkhole. That's pretty good. I've thought this out many times before. I mean, it's interesting that you you were so uncreative. You picked fall in a sinkhole when that's literally how both of them die in the movie. That's also how Vander Holyfield died. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think the best part of Baragon. He has a lot of good parts. His leaping, I can't say it enough. It's great. He Mm -hmm. he his his fire breath is cool. He's just funny. He just digs and then it's like ah i came out of a volcano ha but the best part is when you see the shots of the farm and then he just has chicken feathers falling out of his mouth yeah. so good it's so yeah cute. That... <laughs> yeah um he's not manila levels of cute but he's pretty cute that's true so yeah his origin i mean you've already kind of said it but it's pretty it's just like dinosaurs went underground. I mean, that's yeah. a cool idea, but it's just given nothing. Yeah, there's literally like no thought to it. <laughs> it almost feels like that they're like going towards the end of production. And like, man, I don't think there's enough here with the Frankenstein plot. Maybe we should have him like fight something. <laughs> and like, okay, let's throw this. Let's throw this other character in. <laughs> um, speaking of that. Did you watch the alternate ending or no? No, I didn't know there was an alternate ending. So for the U.S. version, they originally, the producers or somebody wanted him to get in a fight with a sea creature at the end. And so in the original version, it wasn't released in theaters, but it it, um, was filmed fully. He, instead of sinking with Baragon, he throws Baragon into the pit and then an octopus comes. On the top of the mountain. I watched it. Um, It's on, like, all the Blu-ray versions and everything. They include it now. Um, Uh An octopus is on the mountain with him, and it's such a bad fight. But, yeah, they just wanted... (laughs) In fact, originally, they were going to call the U.S. version... Like, I think they even advertised it as Frankenstein versus the devil fish or something. Which is, like, literally the last two minutes of the movie. Are you fucking with me? No, I'm not. I swear. (laughs) Um, And it's this really intricate puppet of this 
octopus and it's just like waving its ar- tentacles around but he's just like it's like so boring it's just like a, a I, puppet in him um, i was picturing a real octopus like a no. king kong's fight no but i think that's why it's in there i think i heard something about the the american people being like oh we really liked that we'll produce it and do that again um and then they saw it and were like no just take it out um but yeah how just Good. How long was the fight? Like two or you minutes. said like two minutes. Yeah. That's so crazy. I, I think because, so I couldn't, as you know, we had trouble finding a version for me to watch of this. I finally found it. It's on archive.com and they have both versions and everything I read, hmm. said they add those to all the DVDs. It, it was like a Blu-ray version, but it was just free streaming online. Pretty shitty quality. I really wish I had a high quality version of it because it didn't look great. I had to kind of imagine. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. You were like, it's like they wanted to throw a, a, a monster at the end. Well, they actually did. <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, so what do you think of Frankenstein's fights with Baragon? Or Baragon's fights with Frankenstein? Um, they were funny. It's, um, I mean, we've watched uh, plenty of uh monster wrestling before but it's kind of yeah. funny when one of them's actually a human <laughs> yeah, it's really funny <laughs> it's this mix of like it's ridiculous and just kind of accentuates how ridiculous it is like you just you're not as, yeah you anymore but also at the same time like i said earlier it's kind of nice that there's like actual brutal fighting with like thoughtful camera angles like they even used uh-huh. a handheld camera for some of it so that it felt like really like raw and so it's it just such a funny mix. Yeah, totally. Also, Frankenstein using fire in a fight as a weapon, that don't seem right to me. Do that seem right to you? What do you mean? Isn't Frankenstein afraid of fire? Oh, and like, maybe in the movie? Oh, he isn't in the book? No. Yeah, I'm pre- pretty sure he is in the movie. I, I thought yeah. that was like a whole thing of his, is that he's afraid that of sounds fire. Sounds right. And he's afraid of like the flashing stuff, so you'd think he'd be afraid of fire. But that might just yeah. be a universal movie thing. Um, Maybe. I, I thought it was interesting that, I mean, Mary Shelley's book was originally, or is called Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus. And mm-hmm. isn't, I'm not good at my Greek shit, but isn't Prometheus the one who gave fire to humans? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then he's using fire and then it burn, it goes out of control and is the backdrop. It's, I don't know. Feels like yeah, that's, yeah, there, I think that maybe there is something to it. <laughs> nice. I was going to ask you if you thought Baragon was sympathetic. I don't know where you stand now. I mean, in the sense that I think most creatures are kind of sympathetic when you see them, like, being hurt. Um, uh, it, it makes it makes you say, oh, I don't want you to be hurt, little Baragon. He doesn't know what he's doing, and what he's doing actually ain't that bad. Because like you said, he's attacking, like, an oil field. Yeah, um, industrial projects and shit. Yeah, so I mean, I guess a little bit he's sympathetic, but but he's he's not really portrayed that way at all. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's just not interesting. Like Honda finally is putting his heart into a movie again and feels so much emotion. Like I know that he was really excited about this one. He was like, just felt like he was actually playing with some of his favorite themes again. It was going to be more serious. And so it's interesting that it's also his first one where there there's a monster in it. There's a kaiju that's just not sympathetic because that's his whole thing is that they're tragic beasts born in the wrong time. Yeah, blah, blah. that's a good point. Um, but as tragic as they might be, they're not as tragic as humans. Boom. 
mic drop. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'm not going to drop my mic, though, because I don't want to break it. Okay, so we've kind of talked about the science angle, I mean, a bit, but how do you feel like authority figures, like the people outside of, I mean, just, I don't know if authority figures is the right term, but like the professionals, like the, the scientists, the reporters, and even the soldiers, how do you feel like they come out at the end of this movie? How do I think scientists and soldiers come out? And and reporters. Well, I mean, I guess let's go one at a time. How how do the reporters? How are they depicted? Do they seem like like a lot of times we've had reporters as like the good guys, that are the like main fighters. characters? Yeah. No, what they're do you think about them as, in this? They're like shown as 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 paparazzi. I guess they're shown as just uh, dicks or just like I need to get I need to get pictures of of the hot story. I need to yeah. and just like no concern for anything because I forget the the picture. Um, and they're ultimately what causes Frankenstein to get loose because they they freak it out with all their their hot lights. Totally. And and Frankenstein he doesn't want to be in the paper. He just wants to eat. <laughs> he doesn't care about fame. No. Um, he he. It's not that he doesn't care about fame. He doesn't want fame. He's like I'm already one of the most famous monsters out there. I don't need this. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's interesting too that like they're they're just kind of shown as like a flock, like they have no individuality. Mm-hmm. Like they just show up to do interviews as like a a a herd with one leader who asks questions, and they mm-hmm. all leave when he's done. It's so I, strange. Yeah, I I was thinking like this is uh, like is Honda trying to say something here because usually he has a main character as a reporter, right? but now all of a sudden. And this one is like just so different. Um, yeah, and there, I, th- yeah. I feel like there's been themes before of like, like in uh, I think Mothra versus Godzilla. No, in the last one, uh, Ghidorah of like, no, no, it wasn't that one. I don't remember. There's been themes of reporters saying like, I don't even know if what we're doing will help anymore. Like people don't mm. listen, and but it's so interesting that it switched from that to like the newspaper saying they won't print the story about Frankenstein not being responsible for all these disasters because without a picture, it isn't newsworthy. Like they're just like part of the problem all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. It is such a shift. I hadn't, re- yeah, I hadn't really thought about the fact that he like reporters have been heroes for so long. And then there are yeah. like, hints of negativity, but not like this at all. No, no. And like, they don't even, like give us a a reporter character to like balance out like a good reporter character to kind of balance it out. It's just all we see of the reporters is thumbs yeah. down. Totally. Um, and we see two die, and it's uh, I mean, it is tragic. It is it's fucking tragic, bro. The so we've kind of talked about the scientists, but I think in general, like especially like you have the main characters who are scientists, but the only scientist that you see that's not like one that has depth, the only two dimensional one they really go into, not Frankenstein, I guess the, the guy in Germany, you know, uh, that they go visit when he's old mm-hmm. and like, he's just like, cut off their limbs, <laughs> cut them off. That's how, you know, like, <laughs> and then I don't know. The guy who's the most into science is, you know, the, uh, the more corrupt one. So I just feel like, man, they've mm-hmm. been going for the throat lately from Veron on. Yeah. Maybe Honda knew a scientist who was a real asshole. Like ripped, like 
ripped him off or something. Yeah. I'm sure it's not like like bigger uh, implications about the forward momentum of capitalism and how it like seeps its way into even the the purest of uh, studies. I think it's probably that he had a personal grudge. I mean, I mean, it seems more plausible to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I hear a a scientist stole his prom date. (laughs) That's what they're saying on the forums. Um, What did you think of the soldiers? Mm. Let me ask this way. Name one thing the soldiers did that was a thing they did on purpose to help. Uh, that tank fell in that trap and, um, oh, I guess that wasn't on purpose. Yeah, I I feel like they, they get their tank stuck in the trap and then they just, like, yell to do stuff but don't do anything. Like, the end fight's happening and one of them's like, report the status! And the other one's like, yes, sir! (laughs) (laughs) They're just literally like, get ready to do stuff! (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty shit. Um, More than usual, even. Yeah. They didn't even do, like... Usually, we get them, like, bombarding the monsters with, like, ton of... Uh, yeah. Um, so you could argue that they're, like, trying to protect the populace from these monsters, even though they're, they're ineffectual. But we didn't really yeah. even get that in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and yeah, that is usually such a staple. And maybe it's partially because, like, they couldn't put, like, explosions on a yeah. suit. It was just a dude. Well, another but, thing, like I said, it's kind of seemed like lower budget. Um, mm. Maybe it, maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I think we see some tanks, like, getting ready and going out, but not, like, the explosion stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so in the octopus ending, it's even more because it goes longer. And so instead of just being like, get ready to report or whatever they do, uh, I can't remember exactly, but somebody's like, like the, the, the lead dude is like something like squadron A, go to zone B, <laughs> squadron, whatever. And just yelling for them to all move around, but none of them ever attack. And then it just ends. <laughs> they leave. Like, it's so much like I was already, I'd already watched it once and written down, like, what are the soldiers doing? And then after that, it was so much more. Um, I'll send you the link to where I watched it so you can see the, the weird ending. It's, it's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Kind of a random point. You can edit it out. Uh, talking about the octopus, that made me think, when I was watching it, uh, in the hand is, is, uh, it's all moving around by itself. Um, and yeah. then, and then they go and they're like, where's the hand? And they find it like in the drain of, uh, of the lab and they find it dead. Yeah. That made me think of, um, those stories of like octopuses where they, oh. they like try to escape from their tanks and like, they'll like jump out and then they'll like, they'll hide in like the drain and sometimes they'll find them in the drain. Um, yeah. Uh, and they're like, when they see the door open in the morning, they like try to make a run from like the drain to outside the door. Uh, that's exactly what that made me think of. God, octopuses are so smart. It's so fucked up that we fuck with them. I mean, any yeah, animal it's... doesn't matter if they're smart, but Jesus Christ, they're like as smart as us. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it's in- insane how smart they are. And so is that hand. Like, ACAB includes yeah. any scientist trying to put a hand in a jar. 
Yeah. I've always said that. Yeah. I've, I've gotten kicked out of some leftist groups because, like, when we have, like, our little meetings, I'll be like, and no putting hands in jars. If you do, you're a fucking cop. And then leftists are like, don't be, like, I get what you're saying, but don't be so aggressive towards cops. You gotta get out. Yeah, like, they're they're trying to have their, like, weekly debate on whether security guards are included in ACAB because they're, like, working class mm-hmm. and down on their luck and usually don't do shit, but also, you know, they're, like, playing cops. And yeah. you're like, hey, 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 first of all, hands in jars. This is the, this is where we gotta start. I, I got passion. Okay. I, I got passion. So, so basically what I'm getting from this is we got wild feral man created by science like me yeah good uh Mm -hmm. compassionate people good people who just want to take the uh like dehumanize beings and study them bad and then soldiers and reporters bad is that did i get it right that- yeah, I think you ripped that straight from my diary. That's uh Well, I think we just I mean that's I that's the message of the movie. We got it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about like the tone of this movie? Do you think that the historical references contextualizing uh the story in these tragedies works with the tone of the movie? Do you think it doesn't work? Where where do you land? I don't think it, the I don't think those early scenes tone wise really work i think i think it's okay from like a nowadays perspective but if you're watching it like thinking like this came out you know uh less than 20 years later from that shit and we're part of like uh, the cult we're part of we're doing this from japan's perspective where we were one of those bad guys um I don't think that that really matches up. Yeah, it's kind of bananas that this just came out. And like, yeah, yeah. it's so funny and insane to me. And I had to start with it because it just (laughs) feels wrong. Like, it's just like making light of atrocities to like make a movie that really doesn't handle those atrocities great. And really, Mm -hmm. and it's, it sucks because it's this thing where I don't know, like do I give it more credit because it's older and they didn't have the sensibilities now or less because it was right fucking after. Um, yeah. It's really just a mind fuck. And uh, I don't know what to think of it. Like it, it's a very strange little time capsule. It is very, very strange. what do you think of Bowen's humor? American humor. Uh, fuck that. About? American humor. Not good. It's confusing. Maybe that's, Maybe that's why people don't think our show's funny, because American humor is pretty bad. It's bad. I mean, how'd you make this? I put the fish in the soup. No, no, no. First, you picked up the fish. Like... Yeah, <laughs> I was. Yeah, I I didn't even think of it as humor until she's like, "Oh, you Americans with your jokes." It's like, "Oh, that's what it was." Like. <laughs> I just thought you were a creepy motherfucker. I just thought, yeah, well, it initially made me think of, um, like, I remember I was going to, uh, I applied for, like, a game testing job, and it's it was like, 
describe how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then you have to be like super specific where you're like, I get the bread out of the cupboard. I open the bag of the bread. I take out yeah. the the pieces. Like it just made me think of, of that as a, which is not humorous. That's uh that's this is like the opposite of humor. You're just minutely yeah. in detail describing how our lives work. Yes. With no critical assessment. Make us <laughs> laugh or judgment. Yeah. Um okay. Do you have a favorite shot? Yeah. Uh First is going to be one of the hand crawling around, because I, um, first of all, because I'm, as we all know, I'm a horror boy, and that kind of reminds me like of Doctor Kawaji. You just can't get enough of that fucking hand. We well, got a hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Like, don't yo y'all. We have the hand. <laughs> we got we the hand, the baby. Hand. Yeah. Uh, think of all the things this hand could do. Yeah. Um. Uh. But then I really like the shot at the end where the force is on fire and uh, Frankenstein and Baragon are fighting and Frankenstein is like on Baragon's back just repeatedly punching him in the face. Um, that made me laugh a lot. That's a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shot, dude. Um, yeah. I think mine was uh there's a lot of good shots i feel like this movie again refreshing how it was it was shot much more beautifully and intentionally and symbolically than a lot of the ones that we've been watching but uh i liked this the one where everybody's running out and you can see frankenstein's shadow on the wall coming after them getting mm. bigger that was fucking cool it looked really good yeah. and it kind of just gave it like a uh, horror element, maybe almost, almost a gothic element. Like they were trying to get back mm-hmm. to that, the the ideal they set with that cemetery, but they couldn't do it. Another shot I really liked was the first uh, close up of Frankenstein's face when he's in the hospital. It's it's just uh, um, the lighting in it is really good. His makeup looks cool. It's 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 one of the best shots of him in the movie, and I I really appreciate that shot. But hell yeah. Not my favorite, but up there is one of the ones I was considering. Okay, Charlie, the time has come. Who oh is getting your Dumb Cop of the Week award? I'm going to have to go, because we're not really specifying things, and um, there's just so many cops. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with the top cop, Kamala Harris. All right, what's your Dumb Cop of the Week in the movie? I... I wasn't thinking about that when I watched the movie. So then afterwards, like right before we started, I was like, oh shit, I don't have a fucking dumb cop. So. Well, don't forget, a uh, a hog ranch was attacked and five hogs were killed. You could pick <laughs> them. I go. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, I'll pick the five hogs. Which one? All of them? Uh, the one named Larry. Damn. Sorry, Larry, you were the dumbest hog. <laughs> yeah, uh I heard that he um he dropped his gun into the hand of a child and then he said, Fuck you, child. I I think from now on, if be like if I'm just gonna refer to police stations as hog ranches. 
Uh, <laughs> y'all hear? That's great. They fucking took the streets and they burnt down the hog ranch. <laughs> Five hogs were killed. <laughs> um, my dumb cops of the week are the ones who go into the 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 jail cell that Frankenstein had been in and say, "Oh, the handcuff was too big. It must have slipped off." Uh, and the the scientists should be punished for their negligence, and it's like this fucking handcuff way way smaller than Frankenstein's arm. Yeah, totally. That should. That's a good one. I <laughs> I don't know. I I I think I didn't even register that those were cops. Um, for sure. Yeah. I think they were. I'm just guessing. They had weird. No, that makes sense because because they're like, let's fucking get mad at them for being negligent. So it makes sense that they'd be cops. Okay, I have a a weird award this time, Charlie. Okay, let's do it. The greatest I, snot in the movie award. No, the best bastard award. Best bastard? Yeah. Hmm. Um, There's a cop... Frankenstein? Who, I don't think Frankenstein's parents were married. There's, there's a cop who... Uh, uh, <laughs> they find out that Frankenstein has gone to a different, like... Uh, county or prefecture or something. And oh yeah. This cop goes. So it's out of our hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, dude, don't do your job, please. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And that's, the other cops like, don't funny. look so relieved yet. And I'm like, fucking cop. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. I like it. All right, not going to become gonna... a regular. Not going to become a regular award. <laughs> yes, please not. <laughs> Because the best bastard of the week, every week, is Charlie's mom. <laughs> it's just a comment. <laughs> I hope you include that. This is really, really stressful. I really like your mom. I really hope you don't edit that out. I feel like I can't. It's a perfect topper uh, to the whole Yeah, lineup. it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Okay. <laughs> okay, Charlie. What are you rating this motherfucker? Godzilla scale. And the the word I couldn't think of last time when you said B minus, I was like, you can't. It's a ranking. I meant tier. It's a tiered tier. system, but I couldn't think of the word tier. Mm. But of course, we can do pluses and minuses now. We've introduced them to the canon. But I'm just saying mm. that's what I meant to say last week, and I failed. You know, I really like how he how we call it the Godzilla scale because Godzilla has scales so uh, that's really fitting hell yeah dude never thought of that yeah. that's good I also like how it's we call it the cannon because uh, cannons fire at Godzilla yeah so that's that's I mean that one was on purpose yeah obviously uh ba 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 I'm gonna give this little baby boy slash girl slash non-binary pal C plus, nice. Because that's my favorite programming language. Hell yeah. C four C four coed coitus coitus. How do you pronounce that? Coitus. Coitus uh, did not produce Frankenstein. You mean like bumping what... butts? Yeah. Coitus is just woohoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bumping butts. Bumping butts, that's what you call it? <laughs> yeah. For a second, when you said that, I thought you meant anal sex. I was like, I thought it was just no, sex. No, no, <laughs> butt to butt, you know, sex. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, uh, You made me think of anal sex when you said that. So it's no, like, no, 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 no. But just... Okay. I mean, it is technically anal sex because the anal's just sex. I mean, we all know Yeah, you're works. confusing me so much. If the butts <laughs> are hitting each other, it's anal. Uh, because coitus did not produce Frankenstein, so that's what. <laughs> well, Man, maybe I, I think, I think anything, something else for C. Nothing's coming. <laughs> C for um uh um. Come here, bump my butt with me. <laughs> C for crap all yeah. over my butt. <laughs> C for clown, because you're just a big old fucking clown. Alright, I am gonna give it a B minus. For okay. butt. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you're just a big old clown. Oh, I'm so sorry, everyone. Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We know what we deserve, and you should just do it. Um Yeah. You can find Three us on Twitter stars. at NoGodsPod. You can email us NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the show, you can join your local Food Not Bombs group or start a Food Not Bombs group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to tell me about the St. Louis Food Not Bombs, reach out and let me know. I feel like I was trying to like find it sometime and I had trouble. So Hell yeah. Uh, I feel like. I feel like that happened a little bit ago. So just if anybody knows, just uh, um, send send a DM to uh, our account, and it will yeah. make its way to me. 